Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello please. Okay, so we've got the most glamorous, most American superstar guest I've ever had on this podcast and probably spoken to in my life. And guys, I'll have you know, I've had upwards of two stilted conversations with Andy McDowell because of having a minuscule part in a sitcom with her. So (laughs) I'm not coming from nothing to this. This episode's guest is the frankly magical Jared Blandino. Makeup czar, founder of Two Faced Cosmetics, and a tender of Madonna's parties, it turns out. Yeah, if it gives you an idea of how beautiful his home is, I accidentally assumed it was a film set. So, <laughs> thanks for listening, first of all. The biggest favour you can do me ever is telling other people about this podcast. One way to do that is to subscribe to it and leave it a five-star review. And another way is obviously doing things like maybe doing a nice tweet or a nice Instagram story. That that kind of shit, really. If you've got actual money you'd like to support the podcast with, you'd be very welcome. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you'll see the podcast related excellent bits and bobs I will swap in exchange for your hard-earned cash. For example, one major thing is that every year I do an exclusive birthday party episode with a panel of the most incredible guests and that has just gone live for certain tiers on Patreon. So check it out. Uh, if you think, oh, I'd like I'd like to just sort of give you a fiver once, you can do that too. Go to Acast Supporter. So I think we get straight into this one. 
Jared lives by the sea somewhere undisclosed and fabulous in America. So we were on the Zooms, of course. And I mean, not only is he a makeup man with makeup lines inspired by food, but he's now the host and creator of a new series, Bake Up with Jared. He's baking. So you join us about to tuck in to lemon and blueberry scone muffin things. His recipe, which smelt and tasted delicious. Lovely, lovely to meet you. We are, finally. Hey, I have made your recipe of blueberry lemon muffins. You did? Yes, I've been sat, what, oh, Look at those, baby. Look Look at those. Oh my, please. Yours look amazing. Yours look amazing. The recipe said like a triangle shape and I just was, I wasn't, (laughs) I haven't done rebel. You rebel. You had to go round. Or, or uh, that's actually like an Easter egg shape, kind of. Yeah. Yes, actually, which is I, fitting, really. Yours uh-huh. is so lovely. Yours have got gooey bums, which and is And I have a, a little tea. I'm ready to have some tea and scones with you. a little tea. Mm-hmm. Did you arrange this because I'm British to have a little tea and scone? Well, uh, uh, you know, yes. And it's also one of my favorite things in the whole world, going to afternoon tea and having tea and scones. And oh. I just, London's my favorite city in the world. Is it? So, yes, I'm living vicariously through you. I can't believe, I mean, we have had a tiny chat before we began recording and I can't believe London's your favorite city in the world when you are sat beside the sea in what looks like a showroom kitchen that actually isn't a set. It's turned out to be your actual fucking home. And I am sat in London that you love and I am surrounded by like angry neighbours. Busy, busy sort of car, lots of cars. Instead of the sounds of waves crashing, it's the sound of engines Listen, there's beautiful things on both sides. I, the thing I love about London is that everyone is just so wonderfully kind. And there's like this pub culture where you have a pint and you got a new best friend. And yeah, I don't know. It's just beautiful. And the history, the pageantry of London, it just just speaks to me. It's a very cool place. I'm being it is there. very cool. I like it. I like the... Um... There's a camaraderie, but also a kind of joyful anonymity. <laughs> Yeah. I, grew up in a, I grew up in a small village and um, it's nice to be able to, um, I don't know, it's nice to be able to kind of think, well, they'll probably never see them again. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter that they saw me do that. <laughs> that's know? very New York. Yeah, I'll yeah. probably never see them again. And if I do, they won't remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, right? I, I suppose the kind of the opposite of a village, like it's not necessarily I'll probably never see them again. It's more a case of like I'm walking past someone and it's a nice relief to know that they don't know everyone I've ever got off with, everyone my mum has right. ever got off with, <laughs> who my uncle's talking to about <laughs> doing this deal, like with the da 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 da. Like, I like that. I like that part. See, growing up in Southern California, I, I you almost never had that. And if they really? did know you, they barely cared enough to, you know, <laughs> you know, keep the gossip going, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's. this is so delicious. I can't believe I've oh, spent good. so long with it sat underneath my nose. It's um, it's so yummy. It's let's so eat. Let's, 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 let's have eat. some. Mm. Mm. Did you put oh, the God. lemon zest and the lemon juice in there? Yeah. And mm. it's so good. It's zingy, bright, yeah. sweet, yeah. not too sweet. Mm. No, but also you, I really respect the... Um, the confidence in terms of um, blueberry quantity. There's no, you're not going to have to endure any mouthful without a no, burst of blueberry. I go in, if I'm going to yeah. add an ingredient, just like in my beauty, 
yeah. in my cosmetics. You're going to smell it. You're going to feel it. You're going to taste it. You're going to look, you know, you're going to see it. I love it. Big, juicy, sexy, gorgeous, mm. visceral, everything. You're Just like our lips and lashes, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never spoken to a makeup wizard on this program, on this show before. I've never had really? Like You're the founder of Too Faced Cosmetics. If anybody in the UK is listening, doesn't know yet. This guy's a superstar. Um, and I don't know anything about makeup, which is obvious from the fact that I've got none on right now. <laughs> I should have sorted that out, but um, I would have done it wrong. I'd have just done it wrong. You're beautiful um, the way you are. And it's just there to accentuate, to help you express yourself. And if you feel the great and, and beautiful the way you are, you are. And, it's, and I love that. Oh, that's nice. You're so kind. It's um, true. Yeah, but uh, but uh, when you, I, my heart began racing when I found out that you do baking stuff as well, but that also, like you were just started to say then, that a lot of your makeup is inspired or like influenced by your love of certain foods. And that Absolutely. Is stunning. Talk to me. It smells like food. It invokes memories of food. Talk to me. Yes. So you know, we I have a whole line of chocolate bronzers, and and and, mm. and it kind of started from there years ago. I was in Hawaii, trapped under a cabana. I do not like the sun. Another reason I should live in London. Yes. My husband's you know lying out, surfing in the in, in in the waves, and and I just get very bored. So I'm like, eventually, I'm going to the spa. So I go to the spa. And they have on the menu a chocolate facial. And I said, why would anyone want a chocolate facial? Talk to me. And they they yeah. educated me that day about how cocoa powder is one of the most potent antioxidants on the planet. Right. It's so hydrating and good for your skin. And I thought in that moment, I'm texting my team. I need to create something with cocoa powder. Let's put it in a bronzer. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So a whole line of bronzers were created. And then I created the peach palette inspired by the beautiful mm. nuances of a Southern California peach in the summer. And, and from the very beginning, I loved scents and smell. I've obviously loved the color of life. And one of my favorite things growing up was those scratch and sniff stickers. Remember those? Oh, yes. If you like did good in school, you get a scratch and sniff. It was like, it was like yeah. my holy grail. And when I fell into cosmetics, I, I, I discovered one of the first things anyone does is they pick, they pick up a tester and they smell it. Yeah. Whether it's a lipstick yeah. or a blush, even a brush, they'll smell it. So I thought I need to layer in another, another experience. And so through that, I got inspired to actually try to bake because I loved all of these scents and all of these beautiful edibles that I was right. trying to re trying to capture within my beauty products. And then I thought, let's try to actually bake something. And these lemon blueberry scones were my very first <gasps> bake I ever did. What? It's, Yes, it's my very first thing I ever tried. Wow. They were really ugly the first time, but they tasted great. My husband came downstairs. <laughs> he was watching Game of Thrones one Sunday morning. I don't, I don't watch that kind of thing. I love a romantic comedy. And <laughs> I love so both. I, was downstairs. I love both. I've got on with him and you. Exactly. Come over. Come over. Okay. You can, we can, you can be like the perfect. There's romance in Game of Thrones, like, ish. They were dirty. I don't like yeah. watching dirty people make out. It's just like, you know, like there's like a horn coming out of somebody's head and it was just too much for me. But anyway, I baked these scones and the aroma brought him downstairs and he, he stopped wow. watching it early. And we had this beautiful experience together. And I thought, wow, nothing is more like my day job than this, putting mm. different ingredients, textures, flavors together to create one new beautiful thing. And that's yeah. what baking is. And that's what beauty is. Oh, 
I love it. If your industry is cosmetics and kind of beautifying and art, and I guess in some cases, armour, um, then I wonder how um, much you care how beautiful your the food you make is, both in, I guess, the food you'd make in work, but also just in life. Um, or is it more about how it tastes? Or can you not separate the two things? You know, for me, um, the way I view beauty is, is I love all types of beauty. I love any kind of style. I, 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 I'd prefer you to have bad style and do something crazy wrong than have none at all and risk nothing. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, those people who, whose eyebrows are like two inches thick and they've got like some crazy eyeliner because they look so confident in it, you know? Yeah. So my interpretation of beauty and in baking is if you had a good time, if you feel good, if it's delicious to you, then it, you win. You did it. You so win. I don't want you to look like anyone else. I want you to look like the best version of yourself. And that's yeah. ultimately what makes you feel beautiful inside, right? I want to I wanna instill self esteem in you. I want to delight and excite you through my products and through my baking. And ultimately, I want you to make sure that you're seen and that you know you're loved. That's so, that's a very, it's a very, I feel like, Jared, I'm getting some free therapy just through asking <laughs> you about makeup and baking. This is amazing. You've it's true because it's more than you. makeup. It's yeah. more than baking. It's sure. sharing your heart, right? And your yeah. art with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, would you, I still share my baking even when it's gone wrong. Me too. Um, <laughs> Me too. Because do that. <laughs> And much Listen. like much like with anything that's gone wrong, you take it out on the people closest to you. <laughs> you know what? And they, they deserve it, right? No. Yeah. In the end, I always say it's good enough. It's good yeah. enough. If you had fun, if it's edible, it's good enough. And like I said, those first scones were just horribly ugly. Um, right. I got the ratios wrong. They were uh -huh. I overbaked them. But we never tasted mm. anything as good because I put my heart and soul into it. And I was so proud of it, you know? Mm. Aren't they good? They're so yummy. They're so good. They're so yeah. good. It's really good. Mm -mm -mm. You know, and I and I actually treat the recipe. What you're eating now is is the is the recipe that I evolved. I added lemon juice. There was none in it. I added more lemon zest. I added more blueberries. I wanted to up the flavor, up the experience, yeah. up the joy. You know. I don't think you can have too much um, lemon zest in anything that's got lemon in the title of it. Yeah. <laughs> In Serlazo Scratch and Sniff um, stickers, in the UK, when I was growing up, we had, um, did you ever get these? I was very thrilled about these. We had like glitter, glittery pens that smelled. Yes! And, and like were, fruit, fruity flavours. Yes, grape. Yes. I really remember there was a very grapey one and you just had a generation of kids <laughs> with a pen up their nose through the whole class, kind of like. We're, we were all huffing our grape. Our grapes smelled the best and strongest yes. and blueberry. Yes. And we yes. were all huffing our pens, probably getting high. Nobody, <laughs> nobody was smart enough to actually realise that probably wasn't good for us, but absolutely, yes. Yeah, briefly, I think my um, my WhatsApp kind of tagline was probably huffing on a Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> Small pen addiction to it. But what can you do? If they're going to make them smell of grapes and sugar, yes, I will sniff it. I'll sniff it. Um, 
So, I mean, I'm particularly fascinated to oh talk to people who are, you know, on the other side of the world about um, your pandemic experience and when, when yeah. it comes to eating. I mean, I don't know what it's been like where you are. About a year ago, everything started here and we did have a few months of kind of panic, actually, in terms of like food availability and stuff like that. Um but then actually it's just been about a bit of a sort of weird lifestyle change. And the glorious thing is I think most people have had more time than ever before to experiment and take risks. And it, almost out of necessity because, you know, we've got bored, you know, yes. in normal life, your life is so full and varied and so much like, yeah, I like having the same thing every Tuesday and every Thursday. Whereas now everyone's like, <laughs> change ah! something, give me some change. I need yeah. some fun. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely think you're right. I think that even in America, the, the pandemic put us all on pause. And at the beginning, yeah. believe me, I was terrified I was going to run out of toilet paper. It was like my biggest fear. Yeah. And I was trying to collect toilet paper and give toilet paper to people I love and be like, you need toilet paper, <laughs> you know? And so that was the first like spiral. But then like, you're right, you're, you're, you're trying to get rice and food because people are telling you you need it. But then there became this kind of pause state, which allowed us to take a breath and to maybe spend some extra time at home, spend some extra time in our kitchens and start looking for ways to express ourselves. And I think baking's the perfect avenue for that. And I think people really started baking and yeah. enjoying their home a little more and enjoying the, the quality time that we were forced to spend with our loved ones. Yeah, you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, why not bake something together and try to do something creative and also something joyful and something at the end you can enjoy together. It's funny, isn't it? I think there is something particularly um, emotionally attached about baking. On the one hand, like, well, we have a show here called The Great British Bake Off, which is like... Oh, I'm obsessed with... Obsessed! Mary Berry is my spirit animal. Paul, <laughs> Paul Hollywood, like, those piercing blue eyes. I mean, terrifying and beautiful all at once. I exactly. was actually supposed to be on that show. Pre-pandemic, nobody knows this. Oh, Nobody wow. knows this. I was going to be on the American version of that show and the pandemic hit while I was in the studio with them uh, is when all the planes stopped flying and it, oh, it, on that day. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, almost got, I almost got within, you know, um, stalking distance of Paul Hollywood. That would probably <gasps> would have been good for him. Was it going to be called the Great American Bake Off? Or yes. Gonna, like, or are you going to have yes. a tent? Was it going to have a tent? Oh, I hope it's there was happened. a tent. Oh, it yes. still might happen. It still might happen. It's got well, to still I, happen. Why wouldn't you do that? It's never not going to eventually be the right time for that. Maybe. I was so excited. It was literally like, I couldn't believe it. Just the idea that it could be possible. But um, yeah. It didn't happen. My experience, though, of American television, it's also quite big and effusive and kind of kind. And Paul is quite a tough nut to crack. He's kind yes, of... Yes, but he's, but he's handsome and, and educated. Yeah. So you have to take it. You have to take it. So he's made. He's made. Mm -hmm. He doesn't... Yeah. They, yeah. U.S. agents were like, I want Paul Hollywood on my client list. And he, and he knows more than teeth. all of us. So let's do this. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I think that there's something really emotional. Baking does seem to be the thing that so many people say uh, of all the types of cooking was like, 
I this ended up saving me from this terrible part of my life, or this was the thing that <laughs> brought me true. and this person together, or this was the thing that made me made me think of my nana, or like it's something. Yes. There's, some, there's a little bit. There's a little sprinkle of magic, isn't there, around baking? Absolutely. And for like, for whatever reason, I think baking is happy. Where mm-hmm. cooking can be serious and intimidating. Baking yeah. is like joyful. It's like a it's like a little hug or a little happy face bopping around or something. Yeah. And I do think there's something to be said about taking a recipe from a loved one who's passed. Like my grandmother has a fruitcake recipe and my aunt passed away a year ago last Christmas. And I made that recipe this year and I felt that love and I felt both of them near me. And yeah. it, it is, there's something transportive. There's something emotional about taking a recipe from a loved one and, and, and baking it. And you feel that love, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. I, um, I mean, <laughs> it's not as romantic and nice as what you're saying, but I have a, I had an Austrian grandmother who yeah. was amazing cook. And I, um, I did go with some friends to Vienna for a weekend a few years ago now. And, um, and it was all about the food and it really, I don't know why I hadn't been waiting, like ready for it, but it hit me, you know, the kind of actually that those smells were really going to make me think of her. And yeah, um, second only to having a child who I wish she'd ever met. Smells and tastes of food that I only ever had because she'd cooked them were the closest yeah. thing that made me kind of like, whoa, I miss her. But also, yeah. I have to say on a less kind of cute note, I have attempted so hard to cook from her recipes and I have never not fucked it up. Like nobody can do it. Nobody can do it like she could because there's love in it. You're, you're missing that your, your grandmother, your nan's love is in that recipe. So, you know, I think she also was like, she was that generation that, I mean, and, and we, our generation are coming to terms with the fact that food waste is not a great thing for the planet, but her generation were like the first bastions of like, you do not waste a drop. Who cares if the, who cares if that milk has gone solid? I somebody <laughs> can drink it. She would hate food waste. So I think that's the only reason why, if she is watching from anywhere, that she'll be pretty annoyed at me making inedible versions <laughs> of her lovely clear soups full of shredded pancakes and all these wonderful Austrian. Well, dishes. she would want you to definitely eat them. Yes, yeah, you can't throw them in the bin. State they came. Yeah, I can't. I have to. If you make it, eat it. Oh, not hundred percent. Not hundred percent healthy attitude to eat at all no but, that uh, actually sounds like a threat but you yes. know <laughs> well, i won't do an impression of it in a germanic accent because it will make that worse <laughs> that sense of it feeling like a threat um yeah so i, I it's so interesting I, I want to know i mean especially like star-studded life i want to know the swankiest thing you've ever eaten oh my okay i'm gonna tell you i was at a okay now this is because i have a wonderful friend who who hooked me up to this meal, but we were at a restaurant called Joel Robuchon in Las Vegas. Mm. And there was four of us, Jeremy, my husband, uh, and our friends. And we went to this amazing dinner. And through the course of this dinner, which each little piece is like a, each little plate has like a little piece of art that you're eating, right? And a lemon came out, but it wasn't a lemon. You cracked it open and the smoke popped out. And there was like this, this salmon mousse or or whatever. It was incredible. But during that dinner, we were served a bottle of wine that came up from the Titanic. And there were two what? in the world. Two in the world. They open up this bottle. Yes. And I and now pressure. You want to talk about pressure? Like yeah. two in the world. Like I, I have to, I, I really need to focus, right? I need to enjoy this, this wine. I need to take this moment in. 
And I just felt almost guilty because I felt like I shouldn't be the one having this. There are people who love wine so much more than I do. But I tried to just let it in and, and, mm. and drink that bottle and think about where it came from and eat this food that was like eating Picasso paintings and just let it in. And in fact, there were so many courses and so much food, I couldn't finish it. And I yeah. felt guilty, but it was, it was spectacular. It was almost five hours. What heaven? Yeah. Almost five hours. And um, it was the most delicious food I'd ever tasted. It was the most um, dramatic dinner I've ever had. A hundred percent is the best answer I've ever been given to the question, what's the swankiest thing you've ever eaten or drank? <laughs> it's a bottle of wine off the actual Titanic. Off the actual that Titanic. That is extraordinary. And, and they had to pour it through left. these sieves, you know, to get rid of the... Yeah, it was. Sediment. It was... It was theater and the waiter and the sommelier and everybody came over and they were watching it. And I wanted them each to taste it because I thought, this is your home, you work here. Yeah. And so I asked them to bring little glasses and I shared my my portion with, with some of the staff oh. as we all did. Yes, and they all got to taste it, which I thought they, 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 you need to share that experience, you know? And um, I mean, that is an old bottle of wine. I want you to be honest now, was it nice? Okay, now this is where this is where it, it shouldn't have been me. This is where it should have been me. But the bottle before, I enjoyed more. It, it's it, it, <laughs> now listen. This is because I'm uneducated. My palate is no, not. No, I disagree. Grown up. I sometimes things don't aren't necessarily delicious just because they're old. It might have tasted of like history and gratitude, but it, it tasted, also might have tasted of like shit. <laughs> Wait, and they're all like, this is amazing. And I'm like, it is? You know, like, maybe I'm, I have an immature pal. Like, you know, I was like, I'll have more of that, please, pointing over in yeah. the other direction. But it was an experience, and I was grateful for the experience. But yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't the best bottle of wine I ever had. Oh, my crumbs. What a brilliant story. Mm, I'm in my time. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's fine if the answer is no, of course, but have you ever accidentally eaten anything that wasn't food? That wasn't food? Yeah, like a pebble or 
Oh, I swallowed a bee. Oh no. Yes, I was oh. outside Southern California summer by the pool. You know, I had like a soda, like a, 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 a can of pop or soda pop over there. And I drank it and I felt like I'd swallowed glass. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I, I, I was convinced there was glass in it, but it ended up being a bee because there was another one floating in it. I swallowed a bee and it stung me on the way down. Did it? Or, yes. Oh it my fought. God. That, honey, that, that bee was like fighting for its last breath, like as I digested it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in college, like one of your stupid friends gets you drunk enough and makes you drink the worm, that damn worm oh. in the tequila bottle. Gross. Yes, I remember oh. that disgusting horrible little makeshift worms mm. you know i think so where i grew up in dorset which is by the sea as well but here so cold cold dark <laughs> sea um, but but beautiful in its way yes um we'd have like very little international food in the 80s and 90s they're available but there was in about an hour's driveway a mexican restaurant called mm. coriander so as soon as we were old enough to go for dinner with our friends on our own without a parent we would go there and there would be tequila with a worm in it and i think we we drank that worm several times <coughs> On the assumption it couldn't possibly be a real worm. It's just like a joke, right? You just put a pretend worm in and it's like a game. Yeah, it, it, it must be candy. No, yeah. that, it's disgusting. It's a worm. And when you take it down, you're like, oh, that, why? Did, why? Why? Yeah. Peer pressure. Um, yeah, don't kids, don't drink the worm, kids. Don't drink the worm. Yeah, come on, kids. Think about it. I, I snorted vodka as a teenager. I was so <laughs> gullible. And that was bad. I, because I, you immediately cry vodka, and that's much worse. Out of the red, red eyes. That Wait, going up. Why don't we live close to each other? We we would be having so much fun. We <laughs> snorted so. vodka. I'm interested. I'm actually interested in that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do that for part two. Episode part two. Uh, this time we bought delicious muffins. Next time, just some cheap, cheap vodka. Perfect. Just through our noses. Yes, yeah. just for our noses. Yes. Why not? <laughs> um, I'd love to know if there are any food or drinks which you either love or hate that you feel like everybody else is the opposite. You know, oh, like gosh. everybody loves yes. chocolate, but I don't, etc. Well, first of all, that's a deal breaker. You have to like chocolate. That's weird. It, you're yeah. probably a serial killer if you don't like chocolate. But... Um, no, I don't love creamy things. I don't love butter. I don't love butter in its melted form. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't like creamy, buttery, rich things. And everybody loves that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I don't, I prefer a chocolate sweet moment. Yeah. I don't like a real <laughs> savory, salty, like oily moment. No. no, it's hard to sell it when described like that as well, isn't it? <laughs> I don't want an oily moment. I'm not looking for an I'm not in the market for an oily moment. <laughs> but I'll be honest that I've had, I have, I could probably, uh, I'd probably argue that there have been hangovers where I craved an oily moment. <laughs> okay, hangovers are the exception. Okay. Hangovers, you need something oily and greasy, like a delicious, crazy, greasy taco or something. Yes. Um, to like settle, settle not only your stomach, but your spirit and move forward. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, but I'm a vegetarian too, so. Um, you know, or a, a pescatarian, I'll eat fish occasionally. So um, I tend, the food I like tends not to be buttery and greasy anyway. So it's Fair fine. play. 
Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that then. Is your pescatarianism, but mainly vegetarianism, and I'm the same. Um, and I flirted with veganism in the past. Oh, me too. Um, I wish I could vegan? be a vegan so bad. It, it's so much work. It's Who are these people? Work. I mean, they're so, so like together and educated <laughs> and, you know, I wish, I, I aspire. Um, I think it's an extraordinary commitment unless yeah. you're not someone who cares very much about food and you can see food as just as fuel a lot of the time. And that yeah. was my downfall with it. I was like, I, this is really making me overthink things. <laughs> I want to know whether your um, like meat avoidance, let's say then, what's the motivation behind that? A kind of taste preference? Is it environmental? Political? No, it's a, a 100% ethical. And I don't judge anyone. And my husband eats meat. Um, but for me, it was 100% ethical. I just moved through life not wanting to cause any pain or any, uh, I don't know, like I just, it's just not for me. So yeah. um, without judgment, I, I, I move forward that way. And I think, you know, the only reason I'll eat fish occasionally is because I'm like, I could fish. Like if, if I could do it, yeah. I'll partake in it. There is no way I could kill a chicken or I, I just, it just wouldn't happen. So I just yeah. won't let myself do it. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, just kind of how I move through the world. And, yeah. um, or I try to, and that's just my perspective on that. But uh, I, think it's I do not, I'm not one of those judgy people. No, 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 no. Um, no, it's your choice. It's, um, yeah. it's a privilege to have a choice and then you have to exercise your, you have to flex yeah. that every now and again. I mean, it, yeah. when you are in that position and I, and I think, um, Oh, there's all sort of shifting, it's all shifting sands as well, I think. I think it's very often assumed that you are, it's a religion. Do you know what I mean? Whereas actually it's like, well, no, you know, um, oh, the impact that different food sources um, are having on the environment is in a state of flux. We're learning more. You know, we're we learning know. more. There's stuff we didn't know. And there's stuff that when you learn, you can't ever unlearn. You're like, ah, okay. I know the impact yeah. now of beef. The more like you, the, the more you know, you know, the the better you must do. That's kind of the way I, I, I look at it. You know, yeah. you know better, you do better. And yeah. I, I think you're right. I think there's so many, not only more options for vegetarians and vegans and pescatarians and but there's so much more information and there's so much more, uh, you know, knowledge about how it, how it affects our neighbor and how it affects our bodies. And, um, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just a, it's good. It's actually better. It's actually just better health wise for people and also better for the planet. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, five second rule. Yes or no. Have five second rule. Uh, I, no, I'm, I'm kind of like, when in doubt, leave it out of my mouth. That's kind of how I approach life. So I'm not a five second rule cutter. <laughs> okay. It's kept, it's kept me out of a lot of trouble. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm probably not the five second rule guy. I'm, I, I'm, okay. I'm more like, I'm more of like a clean freak type of person. So, Okie dokie. No, but I do enjoy those who, 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 who live by the five second rule. I get a big kick yeah. out of that. But you just don't want to see them making out. <laughs> no, no. Well, I don't want to make. I don't want to make out with them after. Oh, fair enough. But um, yeah, sure. you know, I had a friend. We were in New York, and and uh, uh, like something fell on the floor, like a fry. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't even that valuable. And she yeah. reached down and plucked it up and ate it. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna get hepatitis. Like you need to, you need to stop and think about where you are, what you're doing." 
I have to tell you, Jared, I'm on the side of your friend. I don't believe she's going to get hepatitis. She's going to be the last one left at the end of the apocalypse. Yeah, it's going to be actually her probably right. and the cockroaches, all with a filthy fry dangling out the side of their mouth, watching the world burn. And we'll be like, ah. it, it, it probably does boost that, uh, that uh, you know. Immunity. Your, your immunity, yes. It's yeah. building up those antibodies. I guess you're right. I'm like a fragile, I'm like a fragile little bird, right? I try to keep it clean and anything's going to get me sick. Probably right. I'm going to go lick the, I'm going to go outside and lick the ground when we're done. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe oh, not. This is the worst way I've ever felt like an influencer ever. I'm going to go and I'm going out and licking the, I'm licking the sidewalk. That's happening. I, I persuaded a man to lick a pavement. <laughs> I, I don't know how he ended up in the hospital. It was going so well. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about him seemed fine, but he just had a really dry, dry tongue. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. I'd love to know, have you ever had a patch in your life where you ate the same thing every day? Yes. Okay. So talking about, I'm in, I, listen, I, I want, I want you to like me. You're my new best friend. So I'm just going to admit, I think it's time we cross a bridge together. Bridge okay. of honesty. I'm not a big foodie. Like I don't, it doesn't drive me. So yes, I actually have a chef who makes my food and I eat the same three wow. things every, uh, every third day. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like when I let myself go is when I really indulge. So I think right. part of the way I've stayed somewhat kind of healthy and kept, kept my, kept my girlish figure is that I try not to like go overboard. So I'll eat the same kind of thing that's healthy. Yeah. And then when I'm not eating that thing, I allow myself to go nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wasn't expecting like the full descent. It was like, I'm, no, I it's have full a chef spiral. who makes me, yeah. I have a chef who makes me like really, I guess salady salad, a lot of raw yeah. veg. Um, yeah. And then when he or she has a few days off, I fucking lose I my spiral. mind. I'm like, <laughs> there's like pizza in my hair, you know. It's just like it's like everything's fried, right? I like I let go of every rule I have. And I <laughs> well, rules are there to be broken, right? Fuck it's full. De- I need a detox moment after that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'll just make cake i'll make a cake and eat the batter yeah. like yeah it's a full spiral like we're just going yeah. there you know <laughs> oh yeah. so comical um and would you say it's a big question you can say excuse me it's none of your business but no I we're best friends now we can talk about anything yay yeah. i literally ask everybody i talk to on this podcast oh so i'm not been- special thanks no, okay no, no. i see <laughs> I mean, what I'm about to ask you, because I think it's quite an invasive question. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I ask everybody I talk to about it, and, and often the answer is like, yeah, it's fine. But um, I'd yeah. love to know if you would say you've always had a simple or easy relationship with eating, or has it ever been complicated? Because, I mean, it's part of the reason why I started this podcast, because I think for the majority of people, it's not necessarily been a t- ever a, a totally uncomplicated ride. But for some people, it has. I agree. And, and and there's two things that you have to do. You have to eat and you have to sleep. So it's like, you need yeah. to like, don't, don't try not to put too much negativity in either of those places. But I'll tell you, I grew up Italian. My father's Italian and I was kind of forced to sit at the table and eat. So food, food was a bit of a punishment for me growing up. Okay. Not totally, but a bit. 
And I would almost like flex my, like my boundary muscle by not eating everything that was on my plate. So it, in an unhealthy ish way, it became a bit of a punishment for me. So there was a period, there were periods of times growing up where I would try to pay too much attention to what I wasn't eating and that's yeah. not healthy. So no. I tried to be uh, conscious of that and then push that aside. So just stick on that. You want to be healthy. You want to do good for the planet, but you also have to allow yourself, like I said, to free fall and to spiral yeah. and to break that little thing that might be telling you that you shouldn't or you can't because you have to indulge. Yeah, totally. Balance. That's Balance. so interesting. It's really beautifully put actually I think I talk a lot to people and I talk to people who are in recovery from very extreme eating disorders even right through to people who are like no I have no issue but it all seems to be about a spectrum of control and Mm -hmm. order and then actually exactly as you've just said but uh, and it's a big thing for me it's like actually realizing that the rules are entirely of your own making you have a lot more control than you think you do because it's up to you what you want you're you're adults if you if you have the money which is a privilege um but if you do to to choose what you eat and when that is your choice and you're free to do what you like when you want and actually it's kind of about sacking off a lot of rules but um what's joyful (laughs) about the way you've described it i think is the uh, the um uh, there's a gorgeousness to the extremity of it, you know, to I, to choose to live actually in an incredibly regimented way and then kick it, kick it down, yes. like smash it. Burn it down. Bits. You have to burn like, it down occasionally. Burn yeah. it down, but yeah. not hopefully have any guilt or shame around that. But like, that's the like, point. No, that's the, it has that to be fun. It has yes, to be enjoyable. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Heaven. You have to taste life literally yes. and you have to experience life and you have to, you have to look for the joy in life and not the negativity. So that's, that's me saying, listen, you know, I go Southern California where, you know, everyone's working out, we're doing Pilates all the time. And, you know, it's, it's very kind of mind body focused and there yeah. are, it's, it's so important to just blow that shit up every so often, kind of on a regular basis yeah. and have fun and let your hair down and, you know, eat a, eat a fry off the floor, I guess, if you want. And just, like, go for it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, okay, tell me about a time, if there has been one, where you ate something out of awkwardness or embarrassment. I fear maybe British people have done this a bit more often than you guys, but who knows? You know, if you've ever gone to dinner at someone's house and they're making a meal for you and they're cooking... Um, Yes, like I've been horrified, you know, and as a vegetarian, sometimes pescatarian, it's even more uncomfortable because they put this very expensive piece of meat in front of you and you're like, I, 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 I can't, have we met? And I, I can't eat, yeah. I, I don't eat that. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're like offended and there's nothing for you. You know, um, yes, you know, and you, you're eating like just like some weird oily potato salad for your meal and trying to act like it's like you're happy. Not another oily moment. Like another oily thing. Um, But yes, that's happened a lot. And I think if you're somebody who has uh, a certain eating style that happens, that probably happens to you a lot, you know? Yeah. And you're, you still don't want to disappoint that person and they've spent (laughs) so much time making it. You're in their home. You know, it's yeah. Awkward. I mean, it, when I was, I I had about a year of being kind of ninety five percent vegan, and the five percent was because I regularly visit my family, and I 
I wasn't brave enough to not drink the cup of tea that they'd put real, like cow's milk. Yes. In. Like I genuinely yes. wasn't. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that goes to see their family who live in the countryside, who don't really know what the, like not interested yeah. in veganism. They have gone out of their way to put you yeah. up, helped you with your kid, loved you, brought you up. I'm not going to say no. I don't want your cup of tea. This is the wrong time. Even though yeah. actually after a while of not drinking dairy milk, you sip it and go, Ugh. yeah. But, um, <laughs> No, it's, it's so it down. true. I got I you know what that is. That is yeah. love and respect, and that's so yeah. sweet of you. And it's you don't want to shame anyone, or you don't want to make anyone feel yeah. uncomfortable in their own home. But then there comes a time, like my family, after like seventeen years, and it's Thanksgiving, and they're still putting turkey in front of you, and you're like, uh, uh, uh you know, I've been I've been a vegetarian slash vegan for thirty three years, and. Even as a kid, you know, it was constantly, here's pepperoni pizza. And I'm like, what aren't you understanding? Pepperoni's not meat. Yeah, it is. What are you talking about? You know, like it's that, that kind of thing. So uh, they kind of yeah, get it now. They do roll their eyes still. Sand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, mine totally get it. Actually, now my mum, my, my, uh, I have younger half siblings and step siblings who are all vegan because that like wow. 10 year, that 10 year gap. It's like the generation that are here are all gone plant based. Respect, respect, respect. Yeah. yeah. And so my mum has really like seriously like upped her game and is and and even got to the point of saying like I love it now and I'm happy to cook big vegan feasts for everyone. But all my wow. good vegan recipes take so long. And this year I bought her a great book actually, a really quick, really good vegan recipes. Anyway, oh, you link to that in the podcast notes. Oh, uh, uh, kind of, kind of a friend of mine, Mary McCartney, has amazing cookbooks for Ooh. for vegan and vegetarian cooking. So check her out. She's well, amazing. Yes, and they're two of my favorite um, cookbooks on the planet. So check them out. I've written her name down with a pen and a bit of paper, like the yes. days. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know Paul McCartney's daughter, Mary. It's what? it's her. Yes, amazing. she's amazing. And that that whole. Yeah, they're amazing. Is she Linda's daughter? Yes. Yes. She, is. She, she has like a she has like a brand of vegetarian food here that's a She big does? Listen, McCartney sausages are like a thing. Uh, it's like I, first of all, why are they in my life? I'm going to be DMing Mary tonight. Yes. Um I met her at a at a at uh, we were at um, Madonna's birthday party in the Hamptons and I sat next to Mary. And um it was, you know, we always eat late at Madonna, so it was like one o'clock, dinner was being served. And they're we were outside, so they're like mosquitoes, and they had little mosquito spray. And I'm like, I got jewelry on. I don't want to get my hands dirty. And Mary's like, get over here. And she grabs my leg and she's rubbing mosquito repellent on me. She's so funny and I love so it. fabulous uh, and, and so talented. Yeah. Ha! I, didn't know, I did not know she did vegan cooking books. I'm going to look her up. Babe, um, she's like huge. She even has a cooking show here on the Food Network. I don't know if it's there. Um, please check her show out. Check her cookbooks out. She's incredible. I'm, I'm blooming gunno. Mm-hmm. Say scrum diddly umptious. No. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious.
All tables vanish. They go on strike and vanish. And at first it's just kind of weird. And if anything, lots of rooms look bigger and that's nice. But eventually the reality sets in and everyone is always having to hold their drinks. Hot food becomes a thing of the past because of hand burning and cutlery needs. Everyone's going crazy at work with huge, great big desktop computers just in their laps. There are injuries and deaths even. And it kicks off. Everybody's had enough. They want the tables back. Luckily, the tables agree to come back, but only if you, and weirdly it does, have to be you agreed to uh, shoot a million basketball hoops but from really far away whilst riding on a robot dolphin in a really really deep paddling pool it sounds impossible but you do it you're a hero your reward is a place in history as the saint who saved us all from a tableless existence you have this is incredible you couldn't be happier you're happy as a clam high as a kite um, but you're in the moment, and bearing in mind you are hungry because those hoops shoot in took ages, <laughs> is the feast of your dreams. So I would love to know, in a fantasy situation, which is essentially the opposite of a last meal, because you couldn't be happier and you couldn't be hungrier and you couldn't feel yes. freer yes. and more hopeful, what would be your dream feast if okay. nothing mattered? I don't care about consequences, ethics, health. I just want joy, joy, joy. Oh, Spiral oh. times. Okay, first of all, I want to see that movie. So yes. let's make let's make that movie. Okay. Okay. So I love a hand pie, a pasty. I love anything in a flaky crust. I love a savory pie. It's my favorite thing on the planet. I would have an array of savory, delicious curry hand pies, mm. and then I would have a smorgasbord of chocolate, absolutely everything chocolate, rich, deep, dark, delicious chocolate, everything. And I would finish it all off with a huge indulgence, which is caviar as as big as a bucket. I would want my eyes to swell shut. Like, let's just do this. Let's end it. (laughs) And we'll put it to bed that way. You know, everything's swollen. You can't get anything off. Oh. And uh, I would only, only drink champagne and uh, we'd get a healthy buzz, have my belly full. My fingers oh. would be just have that beautiful, like I said, I don't love butter, but if it's in a crust, baby, I love it. My buttery, yes. yummy deliciousness. And, um, and then I'd, I'd go to bed with a cup of Lapsang Susang tea and I would be deliriously happy. Oh, this is the stuff dreams are made of. I yes. love it. What a beautiful yes. answer. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and thank you for doing the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was such a pleasure. It was so fun to get to know you and to do this. And I'm sorry it took forever with our microphone oh, problems and our headphone problems. Hey, I'm sorry. I screwed up the time difference. That's embarrassing. But it No, was we got right. there in the end. And I cheers. In the end. Go cheers, us. darling. Cheers, darling. Lovely Cheers. to meet you. You I'm too. Sure can in real life one day. I would love that. Oh, yes. And I have to remember to say, please <clears throat> check me out at Jared Blandino on Instagram. Hashtag bake up with Jared. I want to see what you're baking. I'm so interested in that. I want us to get together, to be together, to enjoy each other. And every Saturday afternoon on Instagram, you can check it out and I'll have a new bake up there to help hopefully inspire and entertain you. Excellent. I love it. Thank you, darling. Thank you, babe. It was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Take care, babe. Mm, Delicious.
What a poppet! What an absolute poppet! What a blast we had, please! Bit of a mad one, wasn't it? <laughs> and the mentions of delays, etc., at the end were because um, first I got the time wrong for our for our meeting. Then we had some tech issues, but obviously, as you heard, we overcame. You'll notice I've left in all the air kissing and saying goodbye a lot at the end because, guys, that's literally the most glamorous I've ever felt. Even on the internet, talking to Jared was as close as I will ever get, star-wise, I believe, to touching the sun. <laughs> get on Instagram now and follow him, Jared Blandino. Jared's with an O, um, because every Saturday he's doing a fresh bake, which you can be inspired by. As he said, um, use the hashtag BakeUpWithJared and you can bake along with him and join in. How fun. Um, if you'd like to write Oddbox, uh, now's the time. Why not? You can get a tenner off your first box. They're not sponsoring me. I have nothing to do with them. I just love them by using a link that's in my podcast notes or uh, in the bio of the podcast Twitter account at The Hoovering Pod. Um, that's just for London and surrounding areas at the moment for now. Uh, it makes it just, I think, under three quid for a whole box of amazing fruit and veg. Um, feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews, five-star ones, please, recommendations, or with cold, hard money, either an Acast supporter or become a patron. Links, as ever, uh, to all of those things, to Jared's Instagram, to uh, hashtag BakeUpWithJared, um, and to everything else interesting that we mentioned in the podcast, as always, in the podcast notes, which should be alongside the podcast wherever you've got it from. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on social media if you like too, at Jessica Fosterkey. Anything longer than a tweet, uh, you can do that by emailing me. Uh, there's a link to do that on my website, jessicafosterkey.com. And that's also where my Let's Hope It Happens this time it's got to, my rescheduled handful of tour dates that have survived the several culls and reschedulings because of this bastard COVID are now listed there at the end of July and the start of August and I would love to see you at one of those. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.